You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach. Or Zach. Zach Rizzuto. <laughs> uh <laughs> trying to point i'm not sure where you are in the stream but uh what's yeah. up man how's it going on this wednesday one day away baby one, one day, day away, away from the season so pumped <laughs> as they say uh just one sleep away and yeah that's all i want to do right now and then a whole day of work. bed i want to go to bed <laughs> i'm going to wake up and i want to watch football <laughs> that's basically right. what i want to do uh but yeah man i'm excited i'm, I'm super excited um uh, we, we have a bunch of stuff to get into today um normally on wednesdays what we like to do is we like to go over trades so we we, we talk about players you want to buy players you want to sell based on their usage you know sometimes there are players that you know had really good usage but it didn't show up in the in the in the, in the box score or on the stat sheet and we're like all right well maybe this is a good time to buy them because those stats will probably go up same thing for right. sales, just just the opposite. Sometimes the fluke plays happen and all that, and we just want to get rid of guys while their value is hot, so we can um, you know take advantage, right? So that's what we'll normally do on Wednesdays trades. Uh, but since it's week one, and like you know, I, I, we put out Season waiver stuff, but started. like yeah. yeah, I mean, like what are you really going to do like in terms of trades, right? At mm -hmm. this point, I mean, you can do it. I mean, but everyone. There's like a specific value that everybody, the market is kind of agreeing on what the value is for all of these players based on ADP and where they went in drafts, right? So now what we're going to do in this episode, we're going to go over a bunch of news to get you prepared for week one. Today's Wednesday. Is, it, today is the first official day where they're going to start putting out practice reports uh, for all the teams playing on Sunday, uh, for the teams playing tomorrow, uh, the Bills and the Rams. They've right. been practicing since Monday, and those practice reports have come out on Monday. Uh, and, and all the games that are and the games that are going to be played on Monday night every week, expect those practice reports to start coming in on Thursday, going in through Saturday. So, just kind of wanted to break that down for you. Um, but yeah, man, let's get right into it. We got a bunch of stuff to, to go over. Oh, oh, and by the way, we're also going over over unders. We're going to do underdog pickums. There's a whole bunch of pickums to choose from. Uh, this week, I can't wait to get started with underdog pickups because listen, if you're already playing fantasy football, you already know what these guys' matchups are going to be. You already know what their workload is like, you know, for the most part. So these pickups, you know, these player, you go down these players, and you're like, well, I think he can go over that. I think he, I don't think he's going to make it to this threshold, and we'll, we're going to go over that later. You know, in, in the stream, I'm going to share that screen with you, and we're going to go over these these lines one by one. So. I'm excited for that. All right, so let's get right into the, into the news real quick. Um, Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, he's calling Zach Ertz day to day. Uh, mm -hmm. He didn't, you know, he he already didn't practice for about a month now, for four weeks, 
you know, we'll see if he ends up practicing today. Uh, but, and that's when we'll get that official injury designation. But, you know, you're looking at Trey McBride. You're looking at Max Williams as his backups, right? Trey right. McBride probably profiles more as a pass catching guy, you know, based on preseason usage, uh, you know, without Zach Ertz. Uh, right. Would you be rolling any of these guys out? And also, like, if Zach Ertz, you know, it's if Zach Ertz is playing, if he's active, he'll be in my lineup. But just mm-hmm. keep in mind that he might not play. So you might want to have a backup just in case. Uh, on might want to pick up somebody on the waiver wire right now. Right. Now, so for me, you know, if you're talking about Trey McBride and you're talking about uh, Max Williams, I'm not I'm not starting either of them. I'm not throwing them in as a desperate play to kind of fill in Zach Ertz. Even if I have Zach Ertz and he's not going to play, I go to the waiver wire first. You know, maybe Isaiah likely sitting there and you just take a chance on him because you'll have Zach Ertz back most likely next week. Roll the dice week one. Maybe you get an awesome performance out out of Isaiah likely off the waiver wire or someone else. I'm not starting any of the other Cardinals tight ends. But for me, if Zach Ertz misses time, this is Rondell Moore stock going up because now there's not as much competition at all. You know, before you're contending with and Zach Ertz wasn't a chump when it came to drawing targets. You know, he was one of the most targeted tight ends when he actually joined the Cardinals last season. And we did a post on that, and that was a little while ago, but it still stands true. So Zach Ertz, make no mistake about it, he's a big target to be missing if he's not in the offense, and Rondell Moore has the opportunity to step right in, and his stock is way up for me. I'd actually like Rondell Moore as a solid flex play, maybe even wide receiver too, but you know, remains to be seen. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, he had a Rondell Moore did have an undisclosed injury, uh, but it seems like he is going to be good to go. Not 100% on that just yet, but there is optimism with him because he has been practicing uh, over the last couple of days. He has been seen in practice. So uh, just monitor the practice reports when it comes to him as well. Uh, right. You know, Don't assume that he is going to be in, but it looks to me like he's going to be in, and there's still more question marks with Zach Ertz. So this Thursday night's game, Van Jefferson, uh, you know, he might be out. He didn't practice on Tuesday, which is not a good sign for him playing on Thursday. Uh, I, I've gotten a lot of Allen Robinson questions this yeah. week, whether, you know, we should start him or this guy. Like, I'm playing Allen Robinson this week, okay? Like, and this is not, doesn't really have to do much with Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson missing does help Allen Robinson, but mm-hmm. um, Allen Robinson has been my answer to most of those start sit questions involving him. Um, so I wouldn't overthink it here. Play Al Robinson. I'm going to have him ranked as like a, you know, high end wide receiver two to mid, you know, mid wide receiver two. That's that's kind of where I have him. Yeah, I, I like Al Robinson at that spot. And like I said, I don't think for me personally, I'm kind of surprised. Like, should I be like, were they asking should you be starting Van Jefferson over Allen Robinson? Like, no, no, no. I mean, not not those two. But you know, the <laughs> point is say. that like they're they're telling me they're asking me, you know, should I start Allen Robinson or like you know, Russell Gage or Allen Robinson or like Isaiah McKenzie oh, or like Allen Robinson yeah. and like, you know, and even these high-end high end guys, like for example, even Juju, right? Like he's probably mm-hmm. going to be ranked as like a low-end wide receiver two for me, high-end wide receiver three, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to play Allen Robinson, right? Like that's the range where I have him in and I'm still playing him over a lot of receivers. So uh, there's mm-hmm. not many receivers that I'm going to be playing over Allen Robinson, maybe like 10 to 13, 14 wide receivers over Allen Robinson, but that's about it. Right. I I just look back at last year's usage between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And, you know, I figure Allen Robinson is arguably more talented than Robert Woods was, especially, you know, he's a little bit a little bit younger. But um, I just look back at that usage and that kind of gives me the confirmation and the justification that, you know, Allen Robinson is going to get the targets. 
because he is a big target. You forget what he was just because he had an off season last season in Chicago, which you can't really blame him for. I mean, it was just a rough season all around. But now here's Matthew Stafford throwing the ball to him. If the usage is anything like Robert Woods, I'd, I'd bet Allen Robinson outproduces what Robert Woods did. So I, I'm comfortable starting him. I, I don't have any trouble. Yeah. I hate it's not even really now, a thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I'm surprised. Uh, so Isaiah McKenzie is practicing in full uh, on, on the other side of the ball in that Thursday night game. His status was in question coming into the week, but he looks like he's going to be good to go. I, I, I do think in this matchup, he's a solid PPR flex, like in what can be a shootout. Um, right. I know Jalen Ramsey lines up in the slot uh, a ton. But this defense's attention is not going to be on McKenzie. It's going to be on Stefan Diggs. It's going to be on Gabriel Davis. So, you know, if you want to throw McKenzie in your flex, if you, you know, if if you're desperate, because he was you're, you're taking him like super late in drafts. So like yeah. you probably don't need him. But you know, some people are playing, you know, multiple flex leagues, three wide receivers, and you need someone to throw in. I think in this particular matchup, the 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 total is looking like it's about around 52. That's a high mm-hmm. point total. Um, so you can go ahead and throw McKenzie in your flex if you have to. Um now, it seems like a lot of people are high on Damian Pierce this week. You know, yeah. uh, you know, and as you should be, you, you should be high on Damian Pierce. Like, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Damian Pierce. I've been a fan of Damian Pierce before the draft even began. Uh, but just keep in mind that they're playing the Colts, right? There's mm-hmm. no guarantee that they're going to be in a neutral or positive game script. You know, in fact, the Colts are favored by seven and a half points in this game. Uh, you right. know, I love Damian Pierce, but if they're passing a whole lot in the second half, we might be seeing a lot of Rice Burkhead on the field. Okay. So it's the thing that we have to keep in mind with early down running backs, like on teams that, you know, who might not be great on offense, they're a bit risky. So, you know, if Rex Burkhead can get out of the way at some point, I think a three down workload can potentially be in Pierce's future. And you never know, like maybe we see a little bit of that in week one, but -hmm. don't get cute with Pierce and start him over better running backs who have a better role than he does. So, you know, I'll have him ranked as like a low end RB two or close to a low end RB two this week, you know, if that, uh, but you know, just kind of like, just let's, let's, let's all calm down. Right. I know like he's that new shiny piece and you want him to do well because you got him relatively late in drafts. Uh, but this matchup, just be careful. Because if he's not on the field on passing downs and the Colts go up big, which what which is what Vegas thinks is going to happen in this game, you might be a little disappointed. Right. No, I, I'm with you. You know, and I love Damian Pierce. Don't get me wrong. I think a lot of people are riding the high, of, you know, especially if he drafted like two weeks ago before he was clearly the RB1. You know, people are riding that high that, you know, he's the RB1 and that they see RB1. They're like, oh, this must be, you know, three down workload, that kind of thing. That's not necessarily the case. I think you're 100% right. Temper expectations. And like you said, the Colts defense, you know, it's not anything to sneeze at. They have DeForest Buckner still. They have Shaquille Leonard. Like, they have all these guys, playmakers. Like you said, Vegas likes Indianapolis to go up big over Houston. I like that, too. You know, this is still the same Texans team. I know there's hype around it, and i kind of been hyping them up a little bit. You know, there's, this is still Houston. This is still the Texans. They're still going to be a low-end team. and they'll have to get their feet under them before they actually make some noise. This could be like, you know, I don't want to call it a trap game for Damian Pierce owners, but at the same time, it's like, like you said, the hype seems to be outweighing the actual reality of what it could be. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, Another guy we're hoping that will come through in week one is Michael Thomas. He appears to be track, to be on track to play in week one. If he plays, he's going to be in my lineup. 
okay, as a wide receiver three, okay? And if he keeps playing, he stays healthy week by week, he'll likely, you know, keep moving up, right? Yeah. Uh, because we know he's talented. We know he could be a wide receiver one, fantasy wide receiver one. I won't rank him like a fantasy wide receiver one this week, but, you know, most likely you want him in your lineup if he's going to play. Um, yeah. Now, if he does play, you know, Chris Olave probably on my bench as a wait and see, right, in terms of how target share plays out and all of that. Um, you know, there's no guarantee that Chris Olave kind of gets those targets right away in week one. Um, so it's a little bit of a wait and see. If I'm desperate, sure, I can throw him out there. But for now, I think the only sure play that I would make uh, in the Saints passing game is Michael Thomas. And it could definitely turn into, you know, you, you're playing Michael Thomas every week. You're playing Chris Olave every week. Jarvis Landry becomes a flex every week. You know, they could easily turn into that. But let's wait and see what that target share, you know, looks like in week one. Right. And you're you're right. The safest bet, Michael Thomas. And that's the only one that I'd be surefire starting this week. Absolutely. Um Alvin Kamara's there too. You know, he's gonna be getting targets. And I'm not saying that James Winston's really a dump off guy, but you know, Alvin Kamara, he draws targets. They have plays designed specifically that they throw to Alvin Kamara. So I think that they're going to turn to Alvin Kamara in a you know, tight situation if the game gets close or anything like that before they turn to Chris Olave, the rookie that they just took, or even Jarvis Landry, you know. I think that, you know, you hit the nail on the head with that. It's, I'm just kind of agreeing in long form, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um, So Darren Waller, moving on to, to Las Vegas. He, he said he plans to play this week. It seems like it wasn't just a hamstring injury. You know, it's also a contract dispute, uh, yeah. you know, that he's having with the team. Uh, I, I will. I would count on him being in the lineup this week. He did say he's going to play. So mm-hmm. it's looking to me like he's going to play. The contract situation is probably what held him out a little bit more, you know, rather than the hamstring injury. So it doesn't seem yeah. to me like he's going to be, you know, uh, an issue this week. I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to pick up an extra tight end. If you have to last minute, whatever. But for now, I, I think I'm okay with Darren Waller. Now, it doesn't look promising for Kenneth Walker to play this week um how, how are we feeling about Rashad Penny they're going so, up with they're going up against the Broncos yeah so you know the Broncos they're a good team um I'm not expecting you know this to be a game where the Seahawks are gonna be able to run the ball that the Broncos I feel like are just gonna smack the Seahawks that's my instant you know that's my gut feeling about the way the game's gonna go which means that a guy like Rashad Penny isn't going to be getting much many of the touches that we really that we really want him to and your guy that you said about travis homer i think that's who you're talking about you know he could yep. be on the field for passing downs over rashad penny um rashad penny's really polarizing because we all remember what he was at the end of the season last season but that really came out of nowhere and nobody really expected that and that's what kind of has me thinking okay is that repeatable is that going to happen again definitely not week one because this is going to be a game that the seahawks are going to be throwing a lot um, at least that's what i think if things go Russell Wilson's way. But um, yeah, I think I, I'm not even really comfortable starting Rashad Penny as a running RB2, you know, as a flex, maybe. But RB2, I'm not I'm not really enamored with that with that idea. It's a it's a similar thing that we just talked about with Damian Pierce, right? Like early down backs in a game where the opponent is favored by a lot. It's not ideal. Um, right. You know, Travis Homer. I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Homer ends up with more PPR fantasy points than Rashad Penny. Now, I'm not starting Travis Homer, uh, right. but I wouldn't be surprised if Homer is the guy on the field for most of the snaps in the fourth quarter when they're trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, like Penny's talented. Like we saw him win people fantasy championships last year. 
So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm okay playing him cause he, he has that breakaway ability. He has that big playability. Um, just know that it's a little bit risky, right? Uh, they, mm-hmm. they do have a different quarterback now, like, like last year with Russell Wilson being on the field with Rashad Penny, that makes a difference. Um, where, you know, I'm not sure if defenses are going to key in on the pass game. Like obviously they have guys like DK Metcalf, they have Tyler Lockett, but Geno Smith is still their quarterback. So how much respect are they going to give that pass game? Right. Last right. year, obviously you have to respect Russell Wilson a little bit, right? So the offense might not be as good as it is now. They, they didn't have to worry as much about negative game scripts last year with Russell Wilson. Could be a little bit of a different story, but just like Damian Pierce, I think Rashad Penny is going to end up being in my ranks around a low end, a low end running back too, something like that with yeah. upside. Now, this is a little bit of a surprise to me. Sterling Shepard coming back from the dead. He he's planning on playing in week one against the Titans. Uh didn't see this coming, to be honest with you. Like I can't imagine him Not having either. a big role though. Right? Like mm-hmm. I'm still treating Wandel Robinson the same way, like a guy who's, you know, on my bench, hoping that he's their starting and primary slot wide receiver. Um yeah. but like Shepard playing can throw a wrench into those plans. Like we'll see what they do. Like I just can't imagine Shepard playing a big role with him coming off the Achilles injury. And we haven't yeah. really seen much of Shepard at all in camp. Right. So like, does this affect your boy? Like how does this affect you and your boy Wandale? Okay. So I'm definitely, I'm, it's not that I'm turned off completely now to Wandale Robinson for week one, but I'm, I'm just looking at some game logs here for Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Um, Coming back from injury, you know, last season he missed two games and then he came back from injury. He got 14 targets, missed another game, got seven targets, missed another game. He got four, but then six after that, like Sterling Shepard's going to get the ball thrown to him because it's still Daniel Jones throwing the ball. So, you know, for me, I'm a little bit more concerned about Wendell Robinson's, you know, volume now. I'm not concerned about talent, obviously. Um, I think it was a lot more secure before Sterling Shepard said he was going to come back, like you said, from the dead and play this week. Um, I think Shepard could be a decent flex if you want to bet on volume, but I'm not saying that he's going to be anything spectacular. I mean, they're playing Tennessee. Uh, I'm looking at the matchup. I, I don't want to say it, that they're going to be a good matchup, but like, yeah, can you trust Sterling Shepard like in week one, like. I, I, I wouldn't, man. Like, I, even if I'm in like a 14 teamer or something like that, and I'm looking mm-hmm. for guys like on, on, on the, um, you know, on, on waivers, like I, I'll right. see Sterling Shepard there and he's going to play, but like I, it's going to take a lot for me to put Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Like him coming off the Achilles, like not seeing him at all at training camp, man, that, that would be, that would be tough for me to do. Yeah. Now, for, like you said, would I be surprised if he gets like eight targets? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Like I, I I I don't know. Like how much is he gonna play? That's another question. Yeah, it, and they do have other wide volume. receivers. Yeah, it's a bet on volume with Sterling Shepard, which you know you don't really like to do, especially in fantasy football, because you know, volume can be there, but they can catch two of eight passes, you know what I'm saying? So I mean Sterling Shepard, he he's quarterback friendly, but Daniel Jones also is quarterback. There's a lot of things going against him. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like taking Sterling Shepard and being like, yep, this is definitely a solid flex play for me this week. No, I'd rather put Wondell Robinson in there as my flex, but, um, you know, I'm slightly less happy with Wondell Robinson's prospects than I was before, but I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what kind of role Sterling Shepard ends up playing, uh, you know, for the giants this year, but you know, him coming back early, it definitely might throw a wrench into things for Wondell Robinson and his full-time role that we thought he was going to have out of the slot. Maybe he still gets it. He's still right. an early pick for them. 
Maybe they, they decided to move on. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on moving on to the Bucks. Chris Godwin said that nobody knows whether he's going to play in week one. And, you know, he just shedded his protective knee brace. And to me, but like the way he was talking, like him saying that he wants to be available for the second half of the year, all of that, uh, he's looking a little iffy for this game in week mm-hmm. one. Um, now, if he doesn't play, that opens the door for Russell Gage to have a full-time role in week one, which means I'd love to have him in my lineup if I need him, right? And right. my guess is that he would be running out of the slot a ton uh, with Evans and Julio on the outside. I'm very interested to see how much Julio plays. Does he play situationally? Do they try and make him an every-down player? I'm looking forward to watching this offense, you know, to see how they roll. Uh, obviously, you want to see that what, what it looks like with Godwin. Uh, but even yeah. without Godwin, I want to see how they use Russell Gage and you know how productive he is, and whether Julio makes a a, a big impact on this offense or not. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think even if Chris Godwin does play, that he's going to have to step out and you know make a huge impact immediately because they have mm-hmm. Russell Gage and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I think if he does play, he's going to be on snap count. Um, I don't think that his I, I wouldn't be starting Chris Godwin as Chris Godwin this week if that makes sense. You know, we know Chris mm-hmm. Godwin as just solid. You know. Good receiver. He's going to be there. Puts up, put up a consistent 18, 20 points um, with Tom Brady throwing to him. But I'm not starting him as Chris Godwin this week. I'm starting him as, you know, I, I'm not even sure I would be starting him. But maybe. Depends. Depends. I wouldn't put him in as a wide receiver, too. I put him in as a flex because of the questionableness of his injury. Um, I don't, obviously, if he doesn't play, we're not going to start him. But if he does play, you know, I'm not starting him as Chris Godwin. He is going to be on a snap count in my mind. They're going to be throwing to Julio Jones. They're going to be throwing to Russell Gage and Mike Evans. They have plenty of weapons there. Yeah. There's no reason to force Godwin on the field when it's they true. have the whole rest of the season to play. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I, I think I think that's how they're going to handle him. I don't think they're going to throw him out there and he, I don't think he's going to be there for every pass play. You know, he might have a 50%, you know, share uh on on passing downs it's very possible mm-hmm. that russell gage is doing his thing um so yeah i mean if godwin plays like i'll play him as like maybe a wide receiver three maybe like low end wide receiver three something like that yeah. and you never know maybe he maybe he does his thing but that's kind of how I, how i'd roll because you did you didn't draft him that early anyway right you draft him in like the sixth round something like that you know maybe right. seventh depending on your league so you, you, you knew what you were getting with to him. start him you knew what you were yeah. getting with him when you drafted him there and you probably ended up drafting guys for insurance because you knew that he might not play week one. Right. right. Another guy who might end up playing week one is Ty Montgomery. And if he does play, that might diminish Ramondre Stevenson's role a bit. But this is this is Bill Belichick, right? It's still possible yeah. Montgomery's kind of hurt, right? Like he's never going to tell you exactly who's going to play and who's not on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. So, mm-hmm. you know, let me ask you a question. Like, would you throw Ramondre in your flex this week. Let's say Montgomery doesn't play. Would you yeah. feel comfortable throwing Ramondre in your flex? Yeah, without a doubt. I have okay. no hesitation throwing Ramondre at the flex. And that's just because, you know, there's been so much hype around him. They've been talking about, you know, oh, they're going to use him more in the past game. You know, he can take over that role. Damien Harris looks to be, you know, early down and goal line. But then if, if the Patriots go down at all, or if they just need to get moving on the field, third down plays, like Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the guy. And like we know, pass catching is much more valuable than just standard running backs. That's where you kind of compare him to like Damian Harris, who had the 15 rushing touchdowns on the ground, but he had no upside outside of the touchdowns. Um, I have no problem with Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, 
Mac Jones, I mean, I'm not calling him a checkdown guy yet. You know, it's, it's been one season, but he's not to the point yet where he's throwing downfield with confidence to the point that I'm like, okay, this is going to be a big play offense. The wide receivers can be upgraded. This is going to be a, an offense that targets the running backs a lot. I think Ramondre Stevenson is good at the flex. I have no problem with him at flex. I wouldn't start him as running backs, and neither might two running backs lots. But I think he can fill it in a pinch. I hear that. Now, DJ Cochino is asking, going back to Julio real quick. Mm-hmm. He said he might start Julio over Lodge more Rashad Bateman. Would you? Mm, I don't know if I would. Maybe. No, not no. Because Elijah, <laughs> Elijah Moore, even we, we know Joe Flacco is now starting week one for the Jets. Yes. And Elijah by Moore, the way, by the way, Joe Flacco, you brought it up. So we'll talk about it. Joe Flacco right. might might be end up, might end up starting until week four. So week right. one, week two, and week three. Uh, it seems like Zach Wilson, the earliest he can start, according to Robert Sala now, is actually week four. Yeah, no, okay. So that's definitely something to consider. Just for this week one, though, you know, I'm starting Elijah Moore over Julio. Me like, too. Without a doubt. Because this guy is wide, he's the wide receiver one on the Jets. And even though, you know, he's been, he, it will be Joe Flacco, they have played together before. It's not like there's no rapport there. And this is just some random guy coming in, like Andy Dalton coming in to throw to Amari Cooper with the Cowboys at one year. So <laughs> it's yeah. not like they don't have rapport. Um, Elijah Moore is going to be fine. And Rashad Bateman, you know, he's a statistical darling. Everyone loves him. And he's actually still undervalued for me where he's going in drafts. I- I'm starting Rashad Bateman over Julio too. Me too. Me too. Me too. And that's a good call out. You know, this is a good one, man, because, you know, Julio is very attractive, you know, especially if Godwin is out. Right. right. And, and I get it. But Julio is more of a flex play and we don't know how, how they're going to use him. He could be used situationally. And even if he does get used situationally, yes. Can he catch a touchdown? Yeah, he can. He catch two. Yeah, he can. He's capable of that. But I think, um, you know, go with the guys who, you know, is going to get the volume. Right. And that's a lot right. more. And that's Rashad Bateman. Definitely. Um, and, and just a touch on this one. Am I starting Elijah over Waddle? Uh, I'm not. Uh, like I think Waddle's going to be ranked around the Allen Robinson range, mid wide receiver two. Elijah probably high end wide receiver three, something like mm-hmm. that. I would still start Jalen Waddle over Elijah Moore. Okay, moving on. Um, there are a few other things I wanted to cover real quick. Uh, Doug Peterson, you know, said that James Robinson will be active for Week One. How big of a role do you think he's going to play? Um, so I, I've always look for comparisons around the league to how they're going to be used because for me that kind of gives me an idea of whether i want to start them or not and this travis Etienne, james robinson lineup kind of reminds me of deandre swift and jamal williams and if that's the case you know don't worry about travis Etienne. and you know maybe james robinson has a little value the only way james robinson's going to have value is if he scores like a goal line touchdown or something like that if he gets in at the goal line and he runs in for touchdown. Otherwise, I could see his stat line looking a lot like, you know, eight or 10 carries, 30-some yards, and maybe a catch or two for 20. And that's not really startable in fantasy. I'm not worried too much about his role. I think James Robinson's in need of a new home. And maybe he could be a trade candidate. I mean, I don't know how many people are looking for a James Robinson when you you have like a Kareem Hunt out there who might be traded. But um, I, I don't think the Jaguars are too excited to hand uh, James Robinson, any of the important touches over Travis Etienne, a guy they drafted with the first with their first pick for, with one of their first round picks. Just yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't think James Robinson's going to play a huge role, especially in Week One. Um, and also, it's like you know we're, we're kind of 
looking at James Robinson as a potential goal line guy, but Travis Etienne is also like a relatively like he's a good size back too, five ten, oh, right, yeah. So it's not like you know James Robinson is like the guy on goal lines. It could easily be Travis Etienne also, you know. Mm-hmm. And the difference between that and the Lions is that DeAndre Swift might not get all the goal line work. You know, it might that might be Jamal Williams' work. So. ATN could potentially be in a pretty good situation in Jacksonville, you know, if he gets the money touches and it's very possible that he does. So I'm starting Travis ETN still, you know, as a solid RB two. Um, and I'm not starting James Robinson. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. James Robinson either. You know, some Travis. Yeah. ETN I'm not worried about like it. Worried about it. I'm not. Yeah. 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 I'm not worried about it either. And I don't want to start him as a flex either. I don't want to start mm. James Robinson as a flex. Um, right. I know some people are considering it. I wouldn't, I'll wait and see to see what that offense looks like, see what he looks like and see what the share looks like. Before before I get crazy, yep. um, Matt Lafleur he was non-committal on Alan Lazard and his status for Week One. If Lazard doesn't go, would you put Romeo Dubs in your flex? Would you yes. play Christian Watson if he plays? Christian I wouldn't Watson's go Christian Watson. Playing. Yeah, I wouldn't go Christian Watson. But you would play Romeo Dubs in your flex. Just I think so, but that's only if Alan Lazard doesn't play. Yes, you know gotcha. I'm not I'm not big on either Romeo Dubs or Christian Watson right now for Week One. But if Alan Lazard yep. doesn't play then maybe Romeo Dubs has that value. Because Christian Watson's also working back from an injury. Um, Granted, it wasn't that major. It's just something that came up in the training camp in the preseason. But And I I know people might be like, Zach, you said that Christian Watson's a better receiver out of them too over Romeo Dubs because he's athletic. Well, maybe in the long long term for the season, yes, I still believe that. But for week one, Romeo Dubs, I'm starting him because he's healthy, you know, and he's had the hype around his name. Like, Aaron Rodgers talking him up. If Alan Lazard doesn't play, where's Aaron Rodgers going to be looking to throw? Like he hasn't thrown to Robert Tunyon in forever. And all the other receivers, I mean, Sammy Watkins, like I said, we keep going back to Sammy Watkins week one, but I don't I, I don't see that happening. So Romeo Dubs would be a good flex play for me because Rodgers has to throw somebody and it's still Aaron Rodgers. I hear that, man. There's nothing else to say there. I pretty much agree with what you're saying for the most part. Um, let's get right into the underdog stuff, man. We're going to go over uh, underdog pickums now. Um, and this is going to give you some good is one reason why looking at, you know, these pickums is actually going to help you for fantasy and actually potentially help you make lineup decisions for fantasy. And I'm going to tell you how, okay. In a second. So let me share that real quick. Um, I want to make sure that we're all set. You you can see my screen, right? Zach. Yeah, I see it. Okay. Sounds good. So the reason why I say that before we get into the actual picks for this week and specifically for Thursday night is that let's say you're trying to decide between Devin Singletary and well, there's no James Cook line here, but let's say you're trying to decide between Devin Singletary and Cam Akers. Just an example. Okay. You're probably starting Cam Akers, right? Yeah. But if you want to see like, Hey, like what does Vegas, you know, or what does underdog expect these guys to do? Look at the line. The, the, you know, 48.5 rushing yards, 67 and a half combined yards right here, right? Mm-hmm. Look at, look at the expecting, you know, around 12 rushing attempts or so, right? And that's why these, these, uh, you know, higher, those over-unders are kind of like around that, Gold. around that, <laughs> on that spot, right? And then yeah. you go ahead and look at, look at K makers, you know, they're not expecting a whole lot. You know, they're only expecting 12 rushing attempts here, right? Mm-hmm. They're expecting Dallas Henderson to be somewhat involved as well. So, you know, that's how you can kind of like, if you're really like, in my opinion, I'm going to start Cam Akers here. However, yeah. it's one of the situations where like, if you have like a really, really tough decision 
you can look at these and say like, oh, okay, like this is what they're expecting. You know, if one guy is a lot higher than the other, like you're like, all right, maybe I should, you know, go with these guys, right? Right. Um, look at Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is over here. You can see the the rushing plus receiving um, is 95. So obviously they're expecting him to have a really good game, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that that's kind of like you know what I would do. Like if I'm really in a pinch, you can look over here and kind of decide that. So with that being said. I, I do want to talk about one. So here's how these pickums work. Okay. If you see these this multiplier on the right side here, you can pick up to five picks here, and you will this is the multiplier right underneath it, right? So so basically you can 3x, 6x, 10x, or 20x your money. All right, depending on how much you put in here, right? So so let's say so if I put in, you know five bucks into this into here and i pick five picks and i get all of them right i get a hundred bucks okay now underdog has recently introduced a new feature called insurance and what this does is that it changes the payouts a little bit however it allows you to get a pick wrong so mm -hmm. if i choose and they just released this a couple days ago okay so if if i choose five picks here and I get all of them right, I get 20x. However, if I get one of them wrong, I get I lose my money, right? However, if I choose five picks here, if I get all of them right, I get 10x my money. But if I get one wrong, I can still 6x my money. You know what I mean? So, like, that's a pretty good feature right there. So, you know, it's it's in the betting world, it's kind of like a parlay, but it's not a parlay. You know, because if yeah. you do a parlay, you lose all your money if one of the one of them doesn't work out. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a really cool feature. So I, I would I would take advantage of that. Now I want to get into these lines here. Now, one line that I do like here is this Josh Allen over 30 317.5 yards. And this includes passing and uh and rushing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, I, I think this game is gonna be a little bit of a shootout. You know, I really do. Right. Yeah. Is that how you is that how you're looking at this game too? That's that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the way it goes on Thursday night. Yeah, you have two very good teams, you know, two teams that I thought might have been the Super Bowl matchup, if not for the Chiefs game, you know, obviously last season. But this is two awesome teams, and it's like people tend to be worried about, they're like, oh, you know, the Rams have a really good defense. Uh, no way Josh Allen hits 317. It's like, no, it tends to not matter when you have two teams coming together what the matchups are. Like, they just go crazy, or they have a like really gritty game. And I, I'm, I'm just betting on this one. They, they scheduled it. You know, Thursday night, the kickoff for a reason. It's gonna there's gonna be fireworks. Three seventeen, I think, is an easy one to hit. One hundred percent. Um. So so by the way, like this is on underdog. Uh. And and you can combine these picks. You know, put them all together, and then you can win. You can multiply your money three x, six x, ten x, and twenty x. So this is one of them that I do like. And this game's over under. I think I think the um the line, the total on this one is set at fifty two. Yeah. It's set at 52 right now. So that's that's legit. So that's a high, it's a high, high projected um score. So that's mm -hmm. one of them that I like. The, the combined rushing and passing for Josh Allen to go higher. Uh other than that, I think you know, two and a half total over two and a half total touchdowns kind of looks a little tempting as well. Um, but I think that this one right here is one of my favorites. I think Josh Allen went over this a bunch of times last year. Um, you know, over you know, 300 total yards a bunch of times last year so this is one that i like i like to pick um right. moving down below 
you know, Devin Singletary, obviously, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a committee. Um, but man, like it, it's really tough to, to gauge what Devin Singletary's role, you know, is going to look like, you know, mm-hmm. 48 and a half rushing yards, you know, for me, if he's going to get over that, that means that he's being used, you know, relatively heavily, uh, you know, in the, in the run game. Right. right. Um, so, you know, to me, like if I was, if I was to bet on any of these, it would probably be lower on the 67 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think Devin Singletary's role is going to be that significant for him to 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 have you know this many combined yards in this game? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's too much of a committee. I, I don't like really any Devin Singletary bets. The only one that I would consider would be you know maybe twelve rushing attempts because I don't it's see him higher, in the passing game. Higher, higher on that. I, I would go higher. Yeah, you would go higher on, on that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I I can see that. I can see that. Um, but like for me, like I if I had to if I had to you know choose one of these, it'll probably be lower on the combined rushing and receiving yards mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Um, so so Steph Diggs, you know. This is not one I'm, uh, I would choose to to do personally. You're like this can go, you know, eat any any sort of way, you know, with Diggs because you know Jalen Ramsey potentially being on Diggs at this game. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. You know, this could end up being a Gabe Davis game. You know, if if the Rams <laughs> choose to do that, yeah. uh, who knows what they're going to do? It's possible that they keep um, Jalen Ramsey, you know, in that power spot, you know, in the middle of the field, um, you know, closer to the slot. Uh, just because they 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 have different schemes to cover these wide receivers on the outside, um, but yeah, I, I I wouldn't touch this one. I probably wouldn't touch the Gabe Davis one either. Um, you know, if yeah, I, I'm not touching either of these personally. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, will jump on the Gabe Davis pick. They'll be like, oh, Gabe Davis four receptions. You know, that's gonna yeah. be crazy because they're looking at you know last the last game that the Bills played in last season where he yep. put up the 200 yards and four touchdowns. You know, you forget. Gabe Davis eclipsed four receptions two times in the regular season last season. So he's a big play threat. If I'm going to bet either of those, you know, maybe I pick over the 59 and a half receiving yards because this is going to be, like I said, probably fireworks, uh, a big scoring game. So if I was going to bet either of them, I will, but I'm not thrilled with either of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I mean, because he can easily, he can still get, you know, four catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, right? Cause yeah. he's that type of player. Like he's a big play guy. Um, he so, could yeah. easily be like a you know three for one twenty three and a touchdown. <laughs> I kind of see this, like he's just a big play threat. This Dawson Knox one is very tricky, right? Like th- th- this is one of those traps. I feel like because mm-hmm. I, by the way, he just got that extension. Did you see that? Yes, he did. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he got a big, big extension right there. They cut OJ Howard and they extended him. Um, a little bit of voter confidence. So if you drafted Dawson Knox as your tight end one and you see that extension, you're probably like, whoo. Like yeah. they believe in him, you know, he, he right. they saw some good things from him, right. This preseason and this, this training camp. Otherwise they probably wouldn't have extended him the way that they did. So, yeah. so, so that, that's a good sign. Um, but you know, with Dawson Knox, like I want to, I want a touchdown, you know, pick yeah. him, right. Like I, I, that's what I want. Like I want a 0.5 over, you know, touchdown. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I want. Uh, but that's not here. You know, he can like Dawson Knox is the type of player to literally give you 35 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and like, you know, the receiving yards, you know, that's completely random with Dawson Knox and and you know, so are the receptions. So I'm staying away yeah. from that one as well, personally. Um yeah, I wouldn't. Now now this one, Isaiah McKenzie. I kind of like this one here. You know, 
I, I like kind of like this one. You know, over three receptions, maybe. I can I can mm-hmm. see him getting four or five grabs in this game. You know, this might yeah. be one that I I choose. Uh, you know, to go higher on on the reception total. This dude can easily get like five catches for like twenty seven yards. You know, yeah. but the reception number, as we've seen with Cole Beasley in the past, you know, the reception number can be there, especially in a game where we think that it's going to be competitive. So if McKenzie yeah. is truly their you know, there's their full-time slot receiver. I can easily see him going over this three receptions. So, you know, he might be there for me. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. think the three receptions might be a good bet. But I think, honestly, you know, I, w- I, w- I would actually probably take the 35 over the 35, higher than the 35 receiving mm. yards. Or 35, yeah. It'd be higher yep. than 35. It'd have to be 36. Yeah. I, I, I'd so, take that one. So Zach's going with the higher on the receiving yards. I'm going on the higher with the receptions. Because the thing is, if you're right with the receptions, you know, I have hard I have a hard time thinking that he's not gonna have a couple of receptions of fifteen yards. You know what I'm saying? Maybe and I feel like it's really Maybe. easy to hit that. Because <laughs> you, you know Listen. out of the slot, you know, usually they're coming yeah. across the middle, the intermediate routes. And if he gets hit on three intermediate routes, I feel like that adds up to over thirty five. You know, I, no, I hear I, I hear you. That's assuming they're averaging like ten yards a catch because like, but I I'm not assuming that for this role because like the Bill slot role, like we've seen that their their depth of target has been super low, you know. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if he catches like if he does catch four balls, I would not be surprised if it's under thirty five receiving yards. To be honest with you, like I, I know the chances are that he goes over that, but right. yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, th- this one's a little surprising, you know, Jamison Crowder. You know, only having you know one less reception, you know, on, on these pickums than Isaiah McKenzie. That that, that mm-hmm. one's interesting to me. If McKenzie, you know, McKenzie has been practicing in full, so it seems like he's ready to go. Uh, Jamison Crowder doesn't even, to me, it's not obvious that he's him and Khalil Shakir, you know, are that far away from each other either, right? So yeah. like, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, two receptions is so low that for me to hit lower on the receptions, being he'll only catch one mm-hmm. ball. Like, I wouldn't do that. So I wouldn't mess with Jamison Crowders. Um, yeah, it's easy to just ignore that one. Plenty yeah, of other exactly. bets. All right. Moving on to the Rams now. Um, looking at Matthew Stafford, you know, I can see myself going over the two passing touchdowns in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Buffalo's defense, you know, isn't, you know, the, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit stingy, right? Um, yeah. You know, they, they, they're not going to have their top corner you know, in this game. So, you know, we could see Matt Stafford doing his thing. Um, you know, I, you know, with these pocket passers, like I do love like these props, like these ones right here, the yeah, one and a half that's rushing yards. I'm kinda, <laughs> like the one and a half rushing yards for him to just like get a couple yards to get a first down. Like I like to add these, you know, in there because when he does it, you're just like so happy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like now if he does end up scrambling and he gets a sack, you could see that go down. But um this is this is one that I'm looking at here. Um, I, I kind of like the 36 and a half passing attempts. Like I can see him getting to 40, closer to 40 passing attempts in yeah. this game as well. Um, just because I think that is, it is going to be a shootout. I, I, I don't know how much they're going to lean on Cam Akers in this game or Dal Henderson in this game. You mm-hmm. know, they are, they're both coming off injuries, right? Even though they're, right. you know, they, they've been ready last week, but you know, this might end up being on Matt Stafford's shoulders, you know, in week one. I, I think so. I think that's how it's going to end up being. Because, you know, you yeah. have Josh Allen on the other side. It's just going to be awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> I hear that, man. Let's take a little bit of a break and just answer a couple of questions here. So, um, 
I got a question. We got a question here from uh, Christopher Valdez. Um, who would you drop for Christian Watson? Would you drop Romeo Dubs and Naheem Hines? Uh, he has both Penny and Walker. Mm-hmm. Who would you drop? Would you drop Romeo Dubs for Chris, for Christian Watson or Naheem Hines for Christian Watson? Uh, if I'm gonna see, see this I, is how I, I'm dealing with. I'll, I'll tell you how I'm dealing with with Romeo Dubs. Right? If mm-hmm. Christian Watson doesn't play this week. I think I leave him on the waiver wire and I keep Romeo Dubs because Romeo Dubs' value can go up right, right after week one. Christian Watson's value won't. Right, this is what yeah. I was explaining yesterday on the podcast. It's a little complicated, right? I understand this is a complicated like way of going yeah. about it, but if Romeo Dubs shits the bed right this week, then mm-hmm. I would go ahead and start and pick up Christian Watson if I can. That's right. kind of how I'm dealing with it. Naheem Hines, I would keep Naheem Hines over all of these guys over Naheem over Christian Watson over Penny? and Romeo Dubs. Over Penny? No, 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 no. I think he's yeah, just yeah, yeah. saying, for whatever reason, he's saying he has Penny and Walker. We're not going to touch those guys. Keep those guys on your roster. Um, but between Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and Naheem Hines, uh, I'm going to keep Naheem Hines on my roster. I think that kind of makes it simple enough for Chris. Yeah. Would you trade Michael Thomas for Scary Terry? Is this a no-brainer? So or it depends. It we think? Are you getting Scary Terry or are you getting Michael Thomas? You know what I'm saying? He's getting um, Scary Terry. The way that he asked scary. this question, he's getting scary Terry. Yeah, if he's getting scary Terry, I don't know if I would. You know, I kind of like Michael Thomas's upside. I would I, do it. Okay. All right. Yeah. What makes I would, you say I would, that? I would do it. Michael Thomas, you know, he has the upside, right? No doubt. I, I think but he has the quarterback too. That's kind of what he does have me. the quarterback. I agree. But, and I understand scary Terry's situation is scary right now, but <laughs> he's proven that he can be a number one wide receiver in this league. He's healthy. And even with, you know, that quarterback that he has there is an upgrade from what he had before, to be honest. So right. I'm taking Terry here if I can. Um, and I, if I can avoid the Michael Thomas drama, if there is any, you know, I, I would. And that's why Scary Terry has been being drafted, uh, you know, several rounds before Michael Thomas. So, yes, mm-hmm. I'm doing that. Uh, you know, and a lot more people in your league will value Terry more than Michael Thomas right now. So, you know, maybe you take that and then you flip scary terry again for somebody else you know right away take the value while you can that's what i would do that's a good way to think about it yeah yeah i think so um would you start aj dylan or cam makers i have aaron jones would you diversify here and just go cam makers yeah i I would go cam makers there's no reason to start two running backs from the same backfield that makes no sense (laughs) yep chris is thanking us you're welcome chris all right let's go back to underdog real quick all right so Look at these can look at these cam makers over unders here, higher lowers mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, this isn't you know that bad, right? Uh, but 12 rushing attempts, right? That's yeah. that's that's the interesting one here, right? That's way where it gives you pause to say, like, should I start cam makers or not? Um, there is gonna be points scored in this game. He could get some goal line looks, you know, that's where his value is gonna come in. I th- I feel like this week. And that's um, why there's no he- touchdown prop. <laughs> it's one there's no touchdown prop here no touch- okay? yeah yeah so that's 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 something to look at for me personally i don't think i'm going to be touching this one man yeah. I, 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 don't I don't see anything here that's interesting or that stands out i don't think i'm touching daryl henderson or cam Akers just because there's been so much ambiguity about around how they're going to be used i can't even bet on volume at this point exactly <laughs> exactly now the one that does stand out a little bit if i look at daryl henderson is a seven rushing attempts i might look at the, the I, I might look at higher here on the seven rushing, maybe I, I might I might look at higher on the two receptions. 
Mm-hmm. I can now, that's the thing that. with Daryl Henderson. Like, I don't know who is going to be the guy on passing downs. Right. Which is crazy. Like, it I could be a mix, know. you know? It Pass, could be a mix. A regular down could turn into a passing down very quickly if things break down, the play breaks down, and then they just dump it off to whoever's on the field. Like, oh, yeah, that's definitely going to happen for sure. But, like, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, who's going to be the primary guy, like, like you know, in terms of this is a passing down, who's going to be on the field? Mm-hmm. You want it to be Cam Akers. You think it's going to be Cam Akers, but, you know, we have no idea at this point. So it's yeah. tough to say. Um, Cooper Cup. You know, back to what he was doing, seven and a half receptions, 95 and a half receiving yards. You know, I, I'm not touching that one. I mean, the no. bet, you know, honestly, like to go over the 95 and a half, that is probably going to win, you know, because if they, if they, if they are doing, if they, you know, continue what they were doing last year, he's going to go mm-hmm. over that. He's, he, he's had a hundred yard game, you know, almost in every game last year. I kind of want to hammer that one higher. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like yeah, that's just the yeah. way things have been. And you know, I don't see why it would change week one, especially yeah. in a big game. Like, I kind of want to hammer that one. But, you know, at the same time, I might be a little bit more confident in that than most. But what do you think about the 60, 65 and a half receiving yards for Allen Robinson? Uh, I think lower. I think lower. I see Allen Robinson being the guy that, you know, he has a couple a couple receptions, like say four receptions, 40 or 50 yards and a touchdown. If he's right. going to do that, I don't think that okay. I don't have the confidence in his workload yet. I don't know what it looks like yet to know if he's going to have have the chance to get 65 yards. You know, obviously, the other bet is five receptions. I think he could hit that, but I, I'm going lower on the receiving yards. I think I'm going to go higher on the receiving yards. I think I am. Okay. I, think I know I'll you're an Allen Robinson guy, so it doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I think I'm going to go higher on Cooper Cup and I would go higher on Allen Robinson if I had to choose. Right. And if I'm going to make one of those bets, I think I'll go with Cooper Cup over 95 yeah. and a half. I'll go with Cooper Cup too. Um, Tyler Higby, I'm not touching that one. Mm-hmm. The thing with Tyler Higby this week, and I'll, I'll, if I'm going to do anything with Tyler Higby, it's going to be under four receptions or lower yeah. four, lower than four receptions. That's kind of how I'm, how I would handle that one. You know. Yep. Um. So yeah. Okay. So guys, uh, we are going to wrap this up now. That 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 wraps it up for the Thursday night games. Uh, we are going to have a graphic over on Instagram that kind of goes over all of our all of our picks. favorite picks, basically for Thursday night's game, and then we're going to have all of our favorite picks for Sunday night's game. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, it's, it's Sunday for the whole slate, and we'll also have one for Monday as well. So you know, I, I recommend you know. You know, sign up for Underdog, and if you do, make sure to use code Upper Hand. I also have the link in the description uh, of this live video, so you can just click the link; it'll automatically take you there and use my code. Uh, but your deposit will get doubled. Your first deposit will get doubled, uh, so make sure you take advantage of that. Um, and yeah, like we're gonna try to hammer these all season long. Every single week, we'll have some picks for you, uh, and and you know, you should sign up for Underdog. You know, you should review all these picks because check it out, like. They have a lot. They have a lot. Every player you can really you know? think of. Yeah. And you know, like you might have a lot of favorite plays for this week. And you know, as you look at the matchups, you know, you can have your favorite plays and then, you know, you enter an amount here and then you can multiply your money. You know, you can pick mm-hmm. two picks, you can pick three picks, you can get pick four. The more picks you make, the higher your multiplier is. That's basically how it works. Notice how Chase Edmonds only has rushing yards and not a combined uh, you know, from scrimmage yards, right? right? That's the one I would hammer home. For sure, uh, but yeah. Anyway, it's it's interesting, man. I love playing. I love playing on underdog and doing this every single week. So anyway, appreciate you guys. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here uh, for Zach and myself, Faraz. 
We'll see you guys soon. We'll see you tomorrow. We're going to be going over quarterback and running back ranks tomorrow for week one. And then on Friday, we'll be doing wide receiver and tight end. So I'll see you guys soon. Take it easy.